Matchday Live Extra from St Mary's, where Wolves completed another stunning turnaround on the south coast. 1-0 down from Alcaraz's finish after 24 minutes. Mario Lamina sent off for a second yellow card for apparently running aggressively towards the referee. But Wolves in the second half for an Adama Traore-inspired own goal. And then Jao Gomez off the bench on debut the day before his 22nd birthday, only the fourth goal of his professional career at the second attempt, stabbed the ball home to give Wolves all three points on a remarkable game that had so much to it. I'm Mikey Burrows. The Hall of Fame Randy Thompson was alongside me here at St Mary's. The former Wolves women defender Claire Hakeman watched from home. And Claire, I'll come to you first. Um, you and I just had a look at each other on our Zoom connection here that kind of said, I'm going to paraphrase it, uh, Claire, I hope I'm not getting it wrong. <laughs> Football, eh? It, it, it's unreal, isn't it? You think of that first half, we've, we've literally spoken about referee frustrations um, and that probably dominated. There wasn't much we could talk about in terms of the quality of our play, but what a second half. And just when our backs are against the wall... We come out with that kind of team spirit and performance. We've dominated the possession with 10 men all second half. It, you know, like it's ridiculous when you think of the impact of the subs yet again for the second week running. Lopetegui is absolutely smashing the, the, the subs and the combinations and everything working. Adamra I thought was excellent. Second half really took the game to him when we needed to, took the pressure off when we need we needed him to. Um, I think you see the goal comes through a, a great bit of play from Bueno down the left-hand side, sub number one. Uh, Costa and a Traore, sub number two and three involved. And then our fourth sub, Joe Gomez, goes and scores on debut with a ridiculously composed uh, finish, which was just... Superb. You literally, I'm bouncing around the, the living room here. I've scared the cat twice uh, <laughs> from screaming that loud. Um, but it was absolutely incredible. Um, Andy Thompson, the, it wasn't on the cards, was it? For four, first 45 minutes, Wolves were below par. They, they will have to be honest about that. Um, and we'll talk in a moment about whether the, the selection was the right call. But the one thing we've always given praise to Julian Lopetegui for is his ability to read a game tactically as it's going on and make changes to to affect it. His substitutions did it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly that. We we weren't great first off. Even with 11 men, we weren't great. I thought that we give away the, the ball cheaply to Southampton and we encouraged them to come on to us a little bit by doing that. Um, I just think that, so we've gone that goal down, we've got the sending off, which I still think is ridiculous after you give me the reason for it. But what substitutes he made them two at half time to bring on to change the game and he got it so right he got his team more advanced as Claire was touching on there up in the possession as well uh, I know that never all, <laughs> never wins us games but it was the way that we took the game to Southampton they looked terrified they looked on their heels in that second half because we started to push them back a little bit um, we just just something clicked just something clicked that it caused a big problem for Southampton and all of a sudden you, you just saw their confidence just drain out of them uh, and I just think that the confidence that we saw from that we went on, got ourselves that goal uh, I know it was scrap, it was an own goal but it's come from putting pressure on them on that battle lads, they, they, were, they were terrified about things and again it's the own goal but what a finish to win it what a finish from Gomez, the composure he's had a shot at it first, it's come to it 
and he's got the ability, the composure to put it into that corner away from the goalkeeper. And, and look, in that second half, totally different. The referee left us alone, <laughs> what he did in the first half, which probably helped us. Um, but what a victory. What a victory from us. Yeah, um, let's go through it. Uh, in that first half, Claire, there were six yellow cards, two of them shown to Mario Lamina. Um, his first one was for a, a, one of those challenges where they kind of, you know, they both went in, he got there a little bit late, it was it was clumsy, it was, a, as you admitted at halftime, it was a foul, it was a free kick, but it, it felt harsh because it was the first challenge anybody had really made in the game and, and the referee then made a problem for himself, didn't he? Yeah, definitely. I think there was just nothing much in it, was there? He's a centre midfielder, he's going to get involved in challenges, but it was so early on in the game and it clearly was his, you know, his first foul that he committed. So to go straight in with a yellow, I know refs sometimes want to you know, get an impact on the game themselves, but it just seemed a little bit out of place even when it was given. And then the, the second yellow was just, you know, and hearing that it's for his, him aggressively approaching the referee. We've all seen the replays, I've seen multiple angles now and... He had his back to him, so he didn't really see him ang- approaching aggressively for a very long time. So it's interesting that he managed to pick it out and decide to give him a second yellow. I mean, the referee would have probably known he was returning to Southampton. That wasn't the return that Lamina definitely wanted today after, off, off the back of a brilliant performance last week. But I'm so glad that we sat here now, not talking, having to talk about that for the whole of this period of post-match, because that would be the worst, wouldn't it? Yeah. We're going away with three points. We're going to miss Lamina next week, because you know, there's going to be nothing we can do about two yellow cards. But again, that should it should be looked at, because that second yellow, talk us through it. You know, I'd love him to come out and talk us through you know, what, what that was for. You know, Claire, so like, you know, if somebody's being aggressive to you, he would be running up to you with speed, getting in your face. He wouldn't be running, jogging to you, with his arms hanging out, I don't understand what's aggressive. I but, thought aggressive would be sprinting at somebody, showing an aggressive approach. The, the thing is, right, so he was the fourth Wolves player to close in on the referee. They were frustrated. There have been yellow cards had been handed out. Wolves were in a, a bad situation. They thought they should have got something. They didn't get it. Ruben Neves had been leading a lot of those complaints. Now, he's picked up a couple of yellow cards this season for saying things to the referee. And that's why at the time we kind of thought, you know, somebody else said something uh, and they thought it was Lamina closing in because the referee, from the angles we've seen on the replays that we watched at halftime, he already had the card out before he realised Lamina was one of them running towards him because Martinho blocks yep. Lamina, the view of Lamina. So that's the question I think Wolves are right are within their rights to ask isn't it oh, oh, oh. at what point does he decide Lamina is the one running aggressively and not any of the other three oh, I'm just saying like surely common sense has got to take over when they have a look at that the, the panel or the board or whatever just the official if Wolves are protesting I'm sure they will but, but they, they, they can't get a yellow card overturned I just think it's awful I'll, look so like the referees come here today and it looks like he's tried to put his stamp on the, on the game and I think he's just gone. He lost control of it. I think in the first half with the amount of yellow cards and that sending off as well. It's ridiculous. Because actually he stopped giving those fouls in the <laughs> second half. I mean, there was a. a I've not it's seen a replay be. of it, but Southampton had a shout for a penalty. I think Onuachu trying to turn Dawson. There was a. There was one towards the end near the edge of the penalty area. I think Joe Gomez put a toe out, pulled it away, and he could have given a free kick and chose not to. I mean, weirdly, second half he let an awful lot of stuff go, Claire. 
Yeah, I think it's speculation, isn't it? But you often hear about the referees even it up a little bit. I mean, listen, we you know we can't speculate. We can just look and say nothing was virtually given in the second half. It became a bit of a free for all, like in a ten minute spell when it got very scrappy in that second start of the second half. Do you but think one of the other I'd... officials has said something to him, Claire at half time? Well, uh, you know what? I'd be interested to know what tack the referee takes now because to me, but given that we've won the game, I think he'll get away with it possibly. But I think, does he come out and say he got it wrong? Like, he had his card out ready to give it to somebody. Didn't probably know who until the last arrival is Lamina. Oh, God, he's had a second yellow. Oops, I've sent him off. I, it just seemed like, uh, like, it just not doesn't sit very well with me that what we've complained that we didn't get a free kick and he's decided to pull a yellow card out. I mean, he wasn't the first person there. I don't, I don't, under, I don't understand how he's... How he's got it, he could not. He had his back to him. He, he couldn't have picked anything out from his body language or something that was said he couldn't pin on Lamina because he wasn't in that looking in that direction. Yeah. So I just find it a really strange one, and I, I would have thought they're going to ask the question at how, how that's been given and what for, and ask for a little bit more detail. And I think they've got every right to. I just th- I just think sometimes as well these officials aren't accountable for what the what the actions are. Because yeah. you think about it, this is the Premier League. It's worth a decision. Is worth. Well, they are, money. They, but they've got to be getting the majority of right. They, okay. they are they are accountable, but they're not publicly accountable. Yeah. If that makes sense, yeah. that there will have been a, a referee's assessor here. Yeah, of course they, they of course will go through it with Howard Webb and, and talk about it. And I've got to be honest, from what I'd seen on television and in the one game he'd done previously at Wolves, I thought Jared Gillette was a good referee. And maybe he just had a, a bad 45 minutes. But he can't afford uh, to. Oh, that's true. But referees, you know, like anybody. Like, like the Wolves players can have bad 45 minutes mm-hmm. and turn it round. And I know what you're going to say. It cost Wolves a player yeah. and stuff. I'm not defending yeah, it, in that in that sense. And and you are right in that the consistency is all we ask for. And it feels like, and it might just be a feeling because we're too close to it, it feels like, weirdly, consistently, we've been getting a yeah, bad well, call you, after bad call for quite at, a few games. The last month, we, uh, we could go back further, but would you go over the last month, some of the decisions, me and you, and you've looked at me and gone, I don't get that one. I don't understand that. And you know I try and defend yeah, you do. as much as you possible. Do. I'm as biased as they come, but when, I, <laughs> but when, when, you, look at, when you look at games and you're thinking about being consistent with both teams, and that's what they are, they're neutral uh, people running this game, it doesn't feel like that. Some of the decisions, uh, I think, are rash. I think some of the decisions, what they give, are so like. Um, I, I just don't think they just grasp what's going on with the game. I just think they get fooled. They get conned by players. They said they was never going to give. You know, when these players are diving, how many times did we see in the first half? There was players jumping forward when there was any when there's any contact. And you and you, and I know you said this to me at the beginning of the season. They were going to stop all that because they before that contact comes and players doing it, he give every free kick in that first half for anything like that. And we're sitting up here looking at that pitch and there's players jumping forward with their bodies to get free kicks. They've got to stop being that. They've got to be more consistent for me. And, and again, look, if they're consistently bad, it's great. But to be consistent bad towards one team, which it feels like, and I know like we're... Again, I'm biased in what we do, but it just seems so black. And, and you never um, have a go at the referees as, as much as I do to a certain degree. And you always defend them. But even you can't defend that first half, I'm, I don't think. I, I'm just distracted because there's about, I'm not lying, about 30 seagulls have just come into the stadium. 
and are swirling round the stands and they're getting closer and closer to where we are. We might... Oh, watch out for your kit, mate. I'll tell yeah, you what, Mike we'll... is not going to be able to run off either. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tomo, save yourself. I'm it's going lucky, back. mate. It's lucky. I'll take one for the team, as he said. <laughs> <laughs> save yourself. Um, let, let's stop talking about officials because, uh, as Claire rightly points out, that's not the story of the game anymore. Uh, the story of the game is João Gomez, free and loving life. Wow, it's a, what a story that is. I mean, uh, it's probably been a while that you have a player that comes in that has that quick an impact in terms of scoring a goal on debut. I don't know when the last time that would have happened, but it just feels like the moment was there last for him. Week, Claire. Oh, oh, yeah. It's going really well, isn't that's it? That's how crazy Wolves yes. life is at oh. the minute. This is how much you forget so quickly. But, uh, it, it, mate, it's, it, it's unreal, isn't it? Like, the fact that he's he had second chance, second bite, kind of didn't fall for him naturally the first time, fell into his path. But just to not snapshot at it, which would have been easily done, you know, in that position, in the pressure situation, the fact that he can compo- absolute composure just to slot it exactly where he wants it, goes off and has a little celebration. I mean, it was unreal. But I think, for me, especially after that, uh, the sending off, Actually, it maybe did us a little bit of a favour because we really had to step up then. We really had to show our team spirit and we re- we had to turn it around, backs against the wall, down to 10 men. We could have easily just been settling for a point in that situation after we've come back with a scrappy goal. But to go and push on and get, get that second, I think it just tells you a lot about this team, a lot about the team spirit and a lot about the job that Lopetegui has done already in such a short period of time. Aside from the goal, Tomo... What did you like of what you saw in Jao Gomez? Oh, well, he, well, he seems to be relaxed, controlled. He looks, you know, you know what he's doing. Like I say, when there was situations around our penalty box, especially, he's got the composure just to keep that ball and just to keep a level head. And and he did that throughout the pitch. And and that's what you want from your players when it starts to get edgy and when things are going against you, uh, and to get your team back into it, um, you need somebody with composure like he did. And I know he's only a young lad. But also as well, the composure to get up to the pitch, get that ball. I know the initial shot was blocked, but to have that composure and the quality to actually finish that off, because it was it, it come at him and it mm. was going to difficult because there were still players in between him and the goal, um, not just the goalkeeper. But to have that kind of finish in your locker is the reason why we've brought him to the club. We've brought somebody into the club that we needed somebody who could. Go but, and do that. But this is the thing, though, because all the clips, all the research, he's a destroyer. He scored three goals in his career in 74 there's, appearances there's before this. There's more to his game, though. Yeah, but the, no, there is, and that's the surprising thing, but that's not what he's here for. He, he's, <laughs> he's, he's in this club to make challenges and make fouls deep inside his own half. And yet we saw, didn't we, Claire, there was, not just the goal, but there was one really clever little through ball for Diego Costa, who squared it across to Sarabia, who was offside and missed the target anyway. I mean, this is, you know, you you give credit to the recruitment team who have identified players and have really gone on. You know, you look at Mario Lamina, okay, obviously what happened to him today. But there are other players in there who've, you know, really made that point that the recruitment has gone really well because that's a player who's kind of made an immediate impact. 
Yeah, and I think the fact that the, the backstory to the Jao Gomez move was the fact that he wanted to come for so long, he wanted it so much. So the fact he's had to be patient, he's had to wait, but has he has took his opportunity there. And I think, you know, there's every chance we could see him starting next week. You know, it'd be interesting to see where, where we mix it up for the Bournemouth game. But yeah, we expected him to be, see a lot of that aggression, uh, aggressive midfield play. Um, the Pitbull is what he came in, you know, his nickname from that he's come from Brazil with. But, you know, we see him through balls. We see him uh, b- fantastic finish, fantastic goal. Um, this could be, you kind of hope, this will be the cult, the new cult, her- cult hero, don't you, for Wolves, that we'll, we'll see him. You know, Jao Martino just finished 200 appearances. This is what we want to see from him. We want to see some of these players stay with us for a long time and, you know, push on that we can rebuild after this season, stick with the squad that we've got. We think we've invested really well and look at European football next year. You know, it seems a lot to be talking about so quickly, but... Uh, just absolutely buzzing to see from Boxing Day, that first Everton win, coming all the way through to now. There's so much optimism for us going forward. Can we also, Tomo, give some credit to a guy who gets some stick sometimes, Adama Traore? Oh, I thought you meant you then. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, right, I rightly get stick. Um, last week, I thought he was really good when he came on against yep, Liverpool. I totally agree with you. And it, it took a bit of time to really utilise him today. But... He, to me, started the turnaround. It was his run yeah. where he cut in and had his shot blocked. Yeah. Then it's him that forces the opportunity that Bednarek then puts it over his own line. And just the fact that he was there, he was an outlet, and he actually looked dangerous and played some clever balls. That's two weeks in a row now where Adama has looked like the Adama of a couple of seasons ago and is a real potent force. I'm going to say, like it. Do you think the pennies dropped because we've got a Spanish manager coming in? No, I, I generally don't. I just so you I don't think it's come from the manager? I know because a lot of people have struggled with him. No, get, I, yeah, but I don't think it's form. penny dropping. I think it's just that they're using him right. Yeah, but, but is that credit to the manager? I think it is. Yeah, I, I take your point. Yeah, I think it's credit to the manager. I also think that maybe there's an element whereby he knows now. You know, he's gone through the last couple of transfer windows not knowing what's happening with his career. Obviously, he went to Barcelona, didn't work out, came back, maybe thought he might be going again, ended up staying here. Now there's a sense of certainty that he's at least here until the end of the season. Yeah. And he can just, and of course, he's now playing to, to impress people who might want to sign him. Yeah, of course he is. And yeah, but I just think that you, you get like a feel good factor from the coaching staff, the players that have come into the club. The players were around the shoulder. Yeah, what we're here, and I'll tell you what, it goes a long way. A lot of being manager, it ain't just about telling players off. It's about being able to put your arm around the player sometimes and just tell him that he's wanted or this is what I want you to do. If you'll come on here, and if a player can feel that, and again, everybody's different. Everybody's different. Some players are going to be having a telling off, but what they have got to do. You've got to be able to do it. This manager is an experienced manager, as we said before. He's managed at the top, the highest you can at international. He knows what he needs to do to get things out of his players. And I'm not just talking about Traore, but when you've seen him come on, it's made a difference. But what I like about the manager as well, he's not willing to wait. He wants to make them substitutions straight away because he knows how crucial it is to give players as much time as possible to turn the game around. And he did in that second half. And, and again, it comes from the, the manager doing the right thing. And look, who can argue with the way that think the result, results have gone since we started in that uh, Boxing Day game? It's Was it four games we've won already? 
went won that all year <laughs> before then. So it's just <laughs> it just shows you that that a manager come in with the experience what he's got, great transfer window, I can say. They've gone out and they've backed the, the manager and it makes a difference. But you've got to still bring those players in who are right for the club and the right mixture. And he's at the moment, he seems like he's got that. Yeah, I think Troyor is a confidence player for me. And I think he's now in a positive learning environment. You can tell that, that uh, the way Lopetegui has really set it up. I think the fact that we've inherited players, there's a real feeling around the squad that we've added well. You've heard Ruben Neves speaking about the additions, saying how pleased they are to see them coming. It gives everybody confidence. And um, I think you, you've seen it from other players as well. I think we had a little wobble from Jose Sar, but today... An incredible save, an inc- a crucial moment because, you know, of 54 minutes gone, if, he, if we concede at that point and go 2-0 down, we don't, we don't sit here and talk positively about this game. So that save that he made then from, a, you know, a bit of a Kilman error there. Uh, again, same last week from Nunes at a crucial time. If we concede at that point, we, you know, football's fine margins, isn't it? And I think it was about time we've had this moment to, to be positive about the way things are and... I just really hope they embrace it from now on in. And to say that we're sitting here, we spoke a lot about, you know, the Liverpool, Southampton and Bournemouth game being a bit of a three game. I think we'd have took six points out of the three of them. So to have six points before we've even started the Bournemouth game, I think uh, absolute credit to the, you know, the, the coaching staff and, and the players themselves to really, really battle through. I think, you know, it's, it's back to being a bit of exciting times to be a Wolves fan, which is, which is awesome. Be a happier place around the training ground on Monday, anyway, won't it? It will be, <laughs> but do you know it's going to be really interesting this week because uh, you know it's very unlikely he Chan Wang will be back. You know, it's probably a couple of weeks away for him. Yeah, I think, um, I think they come out and said he's about four or five weeks. Yeah, isn't it? I'm sure. so, so you know, we don't know what the situation is with Daniel Fidens. We had a thing where Diego Costa came on ahead of Raúl Jiménez today. And we haven't spoken much about it, but I thought Costa was good. Did exactly what they clearly wanted him to do, which was be physical. And be a nuisance. Yeah. Uh, that's what, uh, and that's what he does. There was a couple of times I thought, there was one in the uh, the second half, oh, the second half when he came on, but there was one that ball come across and he's tried to have a touch where I thought he could have just swung and hit it because he was only six yards out. He's tried to have a touch to bring people in and he lost the ball. I think sometimes like that, that sharpness is probably missing out of his game. But yeah, he was definitely a presence and made a difference when he came on. So, you know, you now look at it again, and we talk about the selection from the start that, uh, you know, I, I don't think really worked in terms of what they were trying to do in midfield. And it, it was clear that we needed that outlet. I, th- I think Cunha struggled, didn't he, to get hold of the ball. He got bullied out a bit a little bit for me. Yeah. And where that... you saw when Costa come on, he bullied the two centre-offs. So look, and that's the difference what you got. And, and I think he's more of a focal point, Costa, and your Jimenez is. And I, think I thought Cunha and Sarabia were magnificent against Liverpool as a two yeah. for the time that they were on. And clearly the sending off and the fact that there just weren't players around him made it life really difficult for Cunha. I still think he's a good player. And, oh, without and a doubt. And he's adding something yeah, into without it. without doubt. And, and I, I don't think anybody would suggest that Diego Costa or Raul Jimenez is going to come in and start ahead of him. But there are interesting questions, aren't there, Claire, about what, obviously, with Lamina being suspended now, what is the makeup of that midfield? What is the makeup of that attacking three or two or four, whatever they want to do with it? What does he do? I mean, do we ask questions now about Aitnuri? Because Bueno came on at half time and did really well again as well. So is that now an open question too? 
Yeah, I think I, I mean I do think his decision making I can't I really can't fault up until points. I know we questioned the first half, but kind of because it all came good in the end, it's kind of okay. Um, but I I don't know where you'd go like in terms of next week. I I really do trust him to make the decisions that he does, but. I think obviously without having Lamina, Neves is always a given. I think Nunes, you wonder whether he might get a maybe start, give him a rest. I don't know. You imagine Joe Gomez is now knocking on the door. I don't think today was the game for Neto to come back into. It was very scrappy and he wasn't going to get lots of quality time. So I imagine he'd be one to be introduced via, you know, as a sub maybe next week. But you don't know where Podence is at either. There's so, there's so many decisions. But how exciting is it that we've got these multiple decisions to be making? It's like. Uh, unreal and so far from the start of the season you've got Joe Hodge who's a quality player that's not getting on the bench now so you know it'll be really interesting to see how this season pans out we've still got lots of potential for injuries Lamina's going to be suspended there's there's it's exciting isn't it and it's exciting not being predictable I think Bueno comes on today does really well nearly virtually has a semi-assist for the goal in you know in back to front ways but um, I think Bueno is a little bit more defensive minded ish but with the attacking option so maybe he brought him on to, to give uh, Aitnori Nori a little bit of a rest as well. So the, he's been very fluid in terms of their rotation. But um, I wouldn't want to be picking the team next week. I just want to go for and get another three points on the bounce. Leeds take on Man United on Sunday. Everton are at Liverpool on Monday. As things stand at the bottom of the table, Southampton bottom played 22-15 points. Bournemouth played 21-17. Everton played 21-18. Leeds played 21-19. West Ham played 22-20. Then come Wolves, played 22-23 points. Forest and Leicester, just a point above. Leicester had a really good win against Spurs today. Um, then come Palace now, only two points above Wolves. And then Villa in 11th on 28th. And arguably, if you're including Villa, are you including Liverpool on 29? I mean... Anybody in that is, I mean, look, I don't think Liverpool are in a relegation no. fight, but but when you look at the kind of gaps to points, that, right. it's, a, it's amazing. A when you, it's amazing when you put a few games together with victories, doesn't it? How much it changes the setup of the league. Um, and as you're talking there, below halfway, anybody's in the game. If anybody puts in a, a bit of a run, the, they can get themselves back out of it, and that's what we've done. We were bottom of the league. Going, in, going into the break. We're bottom of the league, and it just shows you, if you can get victories, and again, I think recruitment's been uh, been brilliant, and I think it makes a difference, and the manager coming in makes a difference, but it just shows you that if you can get it right with recruitment, if you can get it right with the mixture of players that you've got and the quality that we've got. We said it at the beginning of the season, we had a good side, but six, trans, six players in the transfer window has even contributed to that. We spoke about before, about you look at the bench, you look at it now, what we brought on, what's changed the game, and it's won us the game today. And uh, just to finish on another high, uh, we're no longer the lowest scorers in the Premier League. There you go. It helps, doesn't it? <laughs> Five in two games. <laughs> and we doubled. We, we doubled it. We're, we're joint with Nottingham Forest on 17, and Everton have scored one less than us. So, well, hey! Get in, get in. We're not bottom. <laughs> and um, I think the petition is going in to play every game now at St Mary's because uh, this appears to be an absolute fortress for us. Yeah, but I don't know what's that first half again, though, mate. <laughs> okay, yeah. Second half's only. No. Second half's only. It is funny, though, isn't it? Uh, just to finish from both of you. Um, you certain grounds, I, I don't know whether you had it clear when you played that you kind of turned up and thought, 
I always play well here. I, I fancy us here because this is four years in a row now, and some, you know, what three of those have included turnarounds where we've come from behind to take all three points. That's mental. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? And I think we've we've kind of had that look. If it helps, the the time that we didn't win was the time I went to Southampton. <laughs> so I definitely never need to go there because obviously that combination doesn't work. But um, uh, that was 2019. Yeah, so, it's a long you, time you, ago. Back you get, at, back you, at, yeah, back you get day, this kind of vibe, don't you? You definitely get that kind of positivity. But I do feel like this team, looking at these next seven fixtures, Bournemouth, Fulham away, Liverpool away, Spurs at home, Newcastle away, Leeds at home, Forest away... I'm now going into all of them with a bit of optimism going, yeah, I think we can beat them at home. Yeah, I could, I'd like to go back up to Liverpool sooner rather than later for me. Yeah. So I just think there's so much optimism now thinking we go in places to com- more than compete, which is what, what, what a difference a month makes, a couple of months makes. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, what I've always said, and that was two or three years ago, we'd give anybody a game in this league and then we're starting to have a look that we, we look like that, we look more confident. I'm not saying we're there yet. But I always said to you, like two or three years ago, we can give any, and that's including Man City, which we beat twice in that one year, um, that we can give anybody a game in this league, and that's where we've got to get to. And with this manager, I'm hoping that we can. Claire Hakeman, Andy Thompson, thank you very much indeed. What a bizarre game this game of football is. I mean, you love it, and it drives you crazy in almost equal measure at times. But on days like today when things like this have happened, and we've seen it happen. I mean, this is the 490th first-team game I've commented on of Wolves. And in that time, there have been some crazy results. But this is right up in there. A script that could not be written. Shao Gomez, free and loving life. 